Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Edgeguard Podcast, a podcast where we take a closer look at games on the fringe. My name is Jordan. With me, as always, is my co-host and good friend, Blake. Hello, Jordan. Jordan, I'm still sick. You are. You are still sick. I think it's been like a, a an ongoing theme the past few a solid episodes, month. actually. Uh, different just, illnesses each time, it seems. Yeah, it's just varying degrees of sickness <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm sure our listeners have probably already forgot what you sound like um normally yeah. but you know even i've forgotten the sound we, we like that voice. deep gravelly uh podcast voice just kinda, uh, it's real nasally uh, today uh, uh, edgeguard podcast uh. um today we're on edgeguard the podcast i are you eastern what? european now that's why I'm hey there's no accent on that you're projecting <laughs> oh why not i don't know um, <laughs> I think I think I heard it, but uh, you know maybe I'm hearing things. Um, maybe I'm just hallucinating a little bit because we played for this week a uh, rather hallucinatory game, a game about like that liminal space between awake and dreaming when you kind of mm-hmm. like see weird things. Um, that is a game called Black Room, which is by Cassie McQuader or McQuader. I'm not sure, hundred uh, percent sure how to say that. Yeah, um, I have the I have the full credits page pulled up. Yeah, I actually like McQuader. after right yeah. as I said that I was like, oh wait, I closed the the full page. So good I didn't. That. Good thing you got that. Game by Cassie McQuader. Music by Ronan Goldstein, Brendan Coates, and Cassie. Um, selected dialogue, poetry, and writing by Maya Asak, and additional coding by Brendan Coates, and then also uh, sprites property of their respective license holders because this game features hundreds at least dozens like, i i mean certainly of sprites from uh old yeah. school like i would say hundreds NES, of sprites NES, arcade games there has to be at least a hundred unique sprites um, yeah in this game i don't know how many different games they're uh pulled from but all Tons. of them are, are older um I would for say for a like, while I was trying to maintain a list and then I gave up because I was just like, There's Oh, no that way. I gave up on that quick, but oh, yeah. yes, I try, I tried to mark down everything I recognized, um, uh-huh. which is something I want to talk about a little bit more later, but it is a really strange effect of like weird, like, um, decontextualized bits of this game. Like just uh-huh. totally like pluck a nostalgia string in your brain even if you don't know where it's from it's like oh my god sure i've seen that specific fire yeah. animation before what the fuck um there's we'll, yeah yeah i think that's a, a large part of what this game is trading in but uh, before we get too deep into that we should probably describe what the game actually is which is yes. <laughs> also a little bit hard to put your finger on yeah i would say uh it, so the game is all played uh in a browser window um on the on the on the world wide web um, yes. and you, I guess it, it plays out in a few different ways, but sort of the, the primary thing you're doing, uh, most of the time is, uh, you'll be presented with a screen that has, um, various objects on it sort of laid out in, uh, the context of being a room of some sort. Mm-hmm. You'll usually have uh, a color of the, of the room uh, that is like what the main background is. And then of all these sort of sprites scattered around and you sort of hover over them. And some of them have little text descriptions of, of what they are. 
and then you click in into them and they sort of transport you to a, or they open another tab in yeah. your browser and uh, these or they being, start a little text cutscene that is uh, yeah the the protagonist or like narrator characters um, reminiscing. Uh, I assumed when they were a young child because in one of them they mentioned small having small hands. Um, yeah, but like a memory of wandering through a swamp in Michigan somewhere. Um, yeah, yeah. So it, it's sort of the through line narrative through line is about this. Um, this character who seemingly grew up in Michigan sort of had a, or maybe not a, a lonesome childhood, but at least uh, describing these very like l- singular, not singular, Sol- like solitary, sort of, yeah. yeah, solitary experiences of uh, wandering through the woods and uh, just sort of imagining things that weren't really there. And just, uh, I mean, as children do, you know, yeah. having a vivid imagination and, um, describing these getting feelings. into hijinks. Yeah. Well, specifically though, it's a, uh, it takes place with uh, like an older version of this person trying to fall asleep. Right. And the, sure. as they're trying to fall asleep, um, which they're doing by employing some, like some like mindfulness trick that they're, uh, that her mom taught to her about like how to fall asleep by like picturing a black room and then picturing furniture in it. Um, and then while her mind wanders, while she's trying to fall asleep, uh, she remembers this moment of wandering through the swamp. Yeah. Right. And it's, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So the, the, the black room, I mean, that's what the game is named after, um, is presented as a game that, uh, uh, her mother taught her as a, as mm-hmm. a way of falling asleep, basically like counting sheep type of thing. Just, you know, close your eyes and imagine a black room, uh, a totally black room and imagine it has all black furniture in it mm-hmm. and like imagine how the furniture is arranged and all this and it's sort of the the start of the game the um the narrator is sort of describing how they always had difficulty understanding why this black room would actually help you fall asleep because it really just was a source of confusion but they wanted yeah. to uh wanted to sort of um uh, seem like appease their mother by being like, "Oh yeah, this is I, I'm doing good at imagining this black room." When <laughs> it for the mother was really just like, "I'm trying to help you fall asleep, and this is a tool that works for me." Um, and yeah, and then it sort of uh, progresses into this uh, very trippy uh, sequence of of rooms that are very not black uh, and have yeah, all sorts extremely of extremely multicolored. Yeah, it's all sorts of strange critters and uh, entities and experiences. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say this sort of like thematic through line. There's not really like a narrative through line of the of the the like I don't know dream rooms or hallucination rooms that you go through. It just seems like it's uh-huh. kind of like a mixture of the memories and imaginations of this character. But the sort of mm-hmm. thematic through line is that they all are incorporate. Um, women characters from old video games that have been like removed from their original context and are now doing something different. Um, yes. Usually a kind of like surreal, um, thing, not like they're like doing something that you would understand, but like cartwheeling through this weird hellscape or something. Yeah. It's, it's all very, um, it's, it's kind of hard to describe without 
having an image of it in front of you uh because i mean the best way to describe it is just imagine like you took five random pre-1999 games and took like the background from one the units from another the like um i don't know some objects from another one and put them all in one uh like screen that's what it looks like yeah and and there there are moments where uh like there the sort of different vignettes that you as the player interact with differently like there's um there's some where uh you basically are just like this eyeball on a i don't even know what it is. you're just basically a blinking eyeball on like a little <laughs> panel and you just sort of fly around and observe yeah uh, and then there's um there's like this uh it's not quite a I don't, I don't know how to describe it but you basically are like presented with like a screen and you can move north south east west or yeah like or, early adventure game i would describe that as um sure like although i guess it's not like you're interacting with the other stuff on the screen but i think no, like like sorry. early like really early adventure games like that's what you do you like go north sure. go west yeah um, it's like zork but visual yeah yeah <laughs> that's a that's a good way to put it um and that one it it is in so one of the other mechanics is and something i really appreciate about this game is like uh it um has a little question mark in the top right corner that tells you what the gives you a little hint as to what the interactables in a an area are mm-hmm. and like how to traverse through a given room um mm-hmm. which just as an aside i'm i found that so like useful i just there's so many games yeah. that are like kind of going through like going for like creating a dream or surreal kind of effect and then yeah. just like good luck <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this game was like, okay, I'm going for this effect, but let me help you actually navigate it. Yeah. And those actually seriously relieving. Those actually do a a really good job of, uh, first thing I would know is that they're on literally every single page and there's a different one for every page. Uh, and they give, uh, they usually have like a sentence or two of sort of like flavorful text of, yeah, that was the other thing I liked is setting the place. It's not just like like frame breaking and being like, yeah, you can beat this room by going left. It's like you, you get a sense that this, there's only one direction to move or something like that. Yeah. And, and they usually say like, I'm trying to, I wish I could remember, I guess I could pull up the game and read one to you, but uh, it'll usually be like uh, the room is bathed in a such and such light. It gives you a intense feeling of X or Y. And then, and then it says, uh, use the arrow keys to, to move around the space and mm-hmm. uh, close the tab when you feel you've uh, seen what you need to or something like that. Uh, I think they're framed in a really a more encouraging way. And uh, like you said, they don't sort of pull you out of the game. Uh, and I, I think a part of that is that uh, this game integrates the interface of a web browser into it's gameplay. I guess we haven't really touched on that at all, but, um, Oh, right. (laughs) A large aspect of, uh, the, the, when you're in sort of the dream rooms, um, how you advance to the next dream room. Once you've, uh, seen everything, uh, you, you want to see or engaged with as much as you want to, um, you resize the, the browser window and, uh, it's sort of, 
it's hard to describe again, uh, like how this actually works, but basically the, the frames of these dream rooms will have like doors and windows. And as you move those around, there's like a a clear background that's back behind everything. And there's an object that exists on that background layer that you usually can't see at, at when you first get to that room. But as you drag the, uh, the the size of the window around the the background stays uh relatively um inert whereas the windows and door frames sort of shift around so you get to the point where you sort of move to where the window is over an object (laughs) that you previously couldn't see and then you can click on that object and that'll uh progress you uh like another step through the yeah. narrative and it's like basically round. like a parallax effect. Like the, sure. The, the, the back background doesn't move and then you can, you can move it yourself, which I mean that also like, um, I don't know how intentional this is, but that also sort of just like reminded me of like old 2d games, even if that's not exactly a mechanic, I feel like they tend to have really like dramatic parallax effects. Like, all, yeah, I mean, all nineties side scrollers. It's like the background is. It really wants you to know the background is moving while you're like well, moving. Well, yeah, I mean, think about uh, we were talking about recently. Um, I think with uh, the Brendan Keogh's, uh putting challenge about um, how so much of games has been based around like technological advancement. And uh, mm. when sort of mode oh, yeah. seven graphics got introduced uh, in like, I think it was the super Nintendo and you can have like a, um, a background that exists on a different and animates differently. And you can have sort of simulated 3d with the mode seven chip. Like that was a huge technical achievement and a thing that made your games look way cooler than games that didn't have it at the time, which is a huge way to get people to buy them. It's just like, look how tech, like, look how advanced this is. Look how yeah. cool it looks. <laughs> look what it can do. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah. I mean that, yeah, that seems right. Um, the thing that's sort of like, I mean, maybe this is a good time to go back to the thing that I alluded to earlier, but mm-hmm. um, this, if I had to say like what this game is about, um, like in a general rather than a specific sense, like specifically, it seems to be about this one character's memories, this character who may or may not be, Cassie McQuader, but um, mm-hmm. it, it feels a little bit like autobiographical. I don't know if it is, um, mm-hmm. but it seems like it's like about memory and specifically like what, what memory feels like in the call it the digital age or something like that. Because um, mm. I just had like, it just kept happening to me where I like would see something and I'm like, I, I know I've seen that before and I have no idea where I've seen it before. Um, and it was just like having that experience over and over and over again. Um, and it's, it was, it's a weird experience. Cause I, I don't, I don't feel like I have that specific experience of memory with anything other than like media, maybe even video mm. games specifically. Like, yeah, wow, I mean, I, I remember, I that think from somewhere, I think it's something that, uh, like, especially with, um, video games a lot of the games presented in uh or sprites that are from other games that are presented here are from an era of games that uh are before my time or before your time largely and so 
the context in which we would have seen them or at least I would have seen them is I was a little kid and someone's older brother had a super Nintendo still yeah. and would play these weird games. So it's like a half remembered thing of like, I, I yeah. know I've seen that before. I don't know where I've seen it. I don't know what it is, but like, and I haven't thought about it, but suddenly I'm seeing this, like uh, so I'm sort of describing the thing that you described a moment ago, but there is w- one specific Sprite that really like, I, after seeing it, I was like, oh, wow, that's very familiar. And I have no idea where it's from. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think, I think. What was the sprite? Do you remember? It's that weird little two legged. It's like a pink creature with two legs and a beak. And oh, it, uh, it's I... in one of the, I think it's in like the first room uh, where that's in the format of like the fly around as like the eyeball thing. And there's a Mm. fighting game character, you know, doing their motions over and over again. I think it's in the first room of that sort. And I, I think it might be from golden ax, but I don't don't even know what that is. uh, It's like an old, it's an old game. I don't (laughs) don't know. It's a, I'm trying to think of what uh, it's, it's a Sega I, I was on like the master system or I don't mm. know the Sega consoles very well. Cause I never owned one and I didn't even really know people that owned them. But, um, uh. yeah, it, it, exactly. This is exactly what I'm saying though. It's like, I can't really put my finger on like why I know that, but it looks very familiar to me. And I think like you were mm. saying, like maybe these weird, uh, sort of almost deja vu, I guess that deja vu doesn't quite describe it. Cause it's not like, that I'm recalling a specific moment, but just a um, sort of an unplaceable memory uh, being associated with media. It's it's sort of like the experience of like when you see a minor character in a TV show that you've like seen, like one of those actors that like plays a lot of minor characters and you're like, who the fuck is that? That person looks so familiar. I like, yeah, it's like that, but for every item of the, I mean, not every item, I haven't played some of these games, but a substantial number of the items of that you're like running into in this game. It's like, I just, that looks so familiar to me. And even like, yeah. the, like seriously basic things, the, in one of the, one of the areas, the like flame animation, I, uh-huh. I, I really think that it's the fire animation from the original Sim city, but I'm not uh-huh. sure. But, and it's just like, how could I have such a specific memory of such a like, you know, I've seen a million but, fire animations. I've played a lot of video games. Yeah. Why is, and I think, the, I think why do I remember is, that? I think the thing is, is that, uh, video games are, uh, each game builds their own distinct, like visual world, especially in the, yeah. in the pixel era where, uh, there's less to work with. So you kind of have to do what you can with your art style and the way you represent things. Uh, yeah. And the, make and it the feel like that, unique and specific. Yeah. They have like such distinct, like visual styles and audio. We haven't talked about audio, but there's, there's one specific type of room that um, uses audio more than visuals. Um, But yeah, that like, even if you don't remember where it comes from, you know that you know it because it's just so distinct and placing all these elements with each other and jumbling them up uh, and presenting them to you as like this sort of, sort of potpourri is a kind of really good way of disorienting you and just being like, well, wait a second. This is, <laughs> this is confusing. Uh, and what I was alluding to earlier with the audio is there's another type of room where basically you just get thrown in and there's like objects you can click on it. When you click on them, 
they will play a sound effect and then the object you clicked on will usually get like destroyed or changed in some way. Yeah. Uh, and and usually, I usually, I don't know how, quite how to explain it, but I, this would require way more work to prove than I felt like I could put into it. But I, I got uh, the suspicion that the sprites being used for the different rooms, they seemed like they were kind of genre specific. Like those ones seemed like they were mostly sprites from point and click adventure games. And then the, uh, the, the big ones seemed like they were mostly sprites from like arcade games or side scrollers. Um, oh, interesting. I cannot confirm that, but just like the way the the sprites looked, and this is also the fact that I, I think we're talking about the same rooms, but the ones that you like, uh-huh. click on the switches and stuff, like yeah. those are the ones where you interact by clicking. Um, yeah. And though that's a obviously a very mm. adventure game, so that was my sure. suspicion. And I do know that one of the character, one of the, um, in the description it says that Clock Tower is one of the games that's being drawn from, and that is a. a 90s point and click so oh interesting so that's my uh, theory, i hadn't but. i hadn't considered that but um but that that would be interesting and also wouldn't surprise me uh but but yeah in these rooms that's i think that's where i first had that uh the, f- the effect you're describing earlier of like having a really distinct memory of something but not being able to place it because i think sound is something that just like yeah uh, really it's just that. it's very distinct and th- there are a few that were very obvious like there were some uh, Legend of Zelda sounds. It's like, oh, yeah. I know exactly where that is. I know exactly which Zelda game that's from. Yeah. Well, and then there were other let's, sounds. Let's see. Let's pr- prove it. Which Zelda game is it from? Because I think every single one of them is from the same Zelda game. Uh, it was linked to the past, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 I can um, even like play specifically what the memories or what the sounds were. Like one of them was the transporting through a portal sound. One was the like, uh, um, like using your magic item sound. Didn't they have the, the you solved a puzzle chime too? the Oh, they, they might. That? I don't think I ever I encountered that one, but yeah, but then there were, there were others that was like, here's a, a Yelp, like a, like a, what? that's like someone swinging their source on it. It's like, I have no idea what game that's from, <laughs> but I feel it in my bones that I've played it. Like I have a deep memory of, of playing this. I have no idea what it's from. <laughs> I don't know and when I did what it was. The thing is actually that, that actually uh, exact feeling uh, gave me a realization, which was that I went into one of those rooms. Uh, so I had like been in the, in the base dream room, clicked on uh, some character and it took me into one of those rooms. I heard a sound that I recognized. And I was like, but I couldn't figure out what it was. I'm like, Oh shit, I need to hear that again. So I closed the tab and clicked on that room again. And I don't know if those are totally randomized, but it wasn't the same one. And I tried like three or four times and it wasn't the same one. Uh, Mm. And I was very disappointed Mm. (laughs) because uh, I wanted to hear that sound and try and figure out what it was. Um, But then I was, after that point, I was trying to figure out if other things were, were being randomly generated or randomly picked and certain things were and certain things weren't. It's sort of interesting. Um, Um, yeah, it, I mean, this is one of those games that it kind of like, it invites you to try to look behind the hood, um, uh-huh. in that, like it foregrounds the interface by you, like, you know, there's pop-ups early on and there's like, sure. you know, it wants you to, to kind of move the, the browser around. So I, early in the game, I kind of stopped doing this once it got to the main, like meat of the game where you're going from room to room. But early on when there were lots of pop-ups, I was like, I, I was trying what? to punch in 
uh, URLs that seemed plausible based on the sorts of things they'd given me and see if I could like sneak into something I wasn't supposed to see yet. But Wait, what are you talking about by uh, pop-ups? Do you never get a pop-up early in the game? There's like uh, those Vimeo videos that pop up. Oh, I didn't realize that those were considered pop-ups. Yes. Yeah, they pop up. It's the uh, it's the pop-up like it's a browser pop-up. It warns you at the beginning, allow pop-ups so that it can I guess do- I didn't realize that that's what I meant by pop-ups. I don't really know what a pop-up means anymore. <laughs> I guess that's fair. <laughs> it's it's a thing that pops up. Cuz I had to I had to click something to make it pop up. It was not, it's not like yeah, I feel like yeah. pop-up was just like it involuntarily pops up. Okay. Uh, well, anyways, those Vimeo videos, I would like look sure. at what the actual URL was and tried to like, oh, tried like, to punch it. Cause like one of them is like, I don't know, like Hills one. I was like, oh, Hills two. But uh, it, it only worked once, which was green screen three and also had a oh. one and a two. And I, mm. I did that. It wasn't as, a, uh, I thought I had discovered something. I did not. Yeah. You thought you'd cracked the case, but <laughs> not really. <laughs> no, not really. Um, so I wanted to, uh, talk about, uh, another, uh, designer's work who we've covered on the show before that this mm. reminded me of. Can you guess who? Um, ne- never mind. This isn't a fun game. Uh, Natalie Lawhead. Uh, oh, I was, that's who I was going to say. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you didn't, you didn't say Damn. it fast enough. So, but, uh, <laughs> I think it. I think Cyber it's Pack obvious. Graveyard, yeah. The, uh, the, the I was comparison. trying to remember the name of the game. That's why I, oh, damn it, dude. Oh, you I see. Time. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to hurt you. I mean, you were still right. <laughs> now no uh, one will believe me. <laughs> yeah. Now, now all our listeners are like, nah, he's just yeah, thinking, he, try and seem no, cool. He didn't think of that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, I think the comparison is like, uh, where, Natalie Lawhead's game existed in your computer's file system and used being a file system as part of the game. Yeah. Uh, this game exists in your browser and uses being in the browser as part of the game. And we were just talking about the pop-ups. That's part of it. Resizing the browser yeah. window. Um, it yeah. didn't get quite as weird as a, uh, as a uh, cyber pet graveyard with like doing things that I'm like, how is this possible? Um, but it definitely still like, I don't know, maybe this kind of stuff has been happening for longer than I realized. Cause I just haven't been playing, uh, you know, experimental weird games for all that long. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's how long are we doing, doing the podcast about two years? That's how long I've yeah, been doing it. <laughs> a little bit less than two years. Hmm. Um, I guess it's only been like a year and a half. Uh, hmm. but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to see, uh, what different sorts of uh, I, I don't even really have the words to describe it. It's like the frame uh, application. It's not even the operating system because like a, a, a web browser isn't an operating system, but it's like a frame yeah. application. Like, uh, you know, my game is running in a frame apple. It's running in a browser, which is another application. An operating system is technically an application at the, you know, highest level. So it's like the frame application that the game is running in becomes a part of the game itself. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking that, uh, we've got another edition for 
the second annual Edgies to best simulated computer interface. I know this one isn't really like simulating a computer interface, but it's another game mm-hmm. that like uses the interface as part of the game. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe that's just a different category <laughs> game that uses the interface as part of game game where the interface is the game <laughs> or at least part of it. Uh, um, that I feel like I sort of interrupted a thought or was that, were you done? Uh, no, I, I guess I didn't really have anywhere specific that I was going with that. It just seems like this is sort of in conversation with, uh, Natalie yeah. head stuff. And, um, yeah, certainly um, in, in just the sense of like exploring what, what parts of like the computer and computation can be used expressively. Uh, mm. you know, you think of the, the web browser as just the background of the expressive stuff, but here it's like trying to use it as its own thing. I'm, um, so yeah, it does seem like they're both doing that, um, in an interesting way. Sure. Um, so this is, uh, maybe changing gears a little bit, but I did want to talk a little bit more about the like content specifically mm. of the game. We talked a lot about like the form and medium. Um, sure. but, um, I wanted to like, ask you what you think this game's like specific relationship to the games it's drawing from is because Mm. obviously there's a, there's a kind of like theme about um, like gender and video games here where all of the, almost all the character, no, literally all of the characters are women Um, and like not just any women from video games, but like very pointedly like the kind of, uh, stereotypical um sure. action hero from like 80s and 90s video games where she's like scantily clad with unbelievably high leather boots and sure. and uh fights people um mm-hmm. so i was curious what your take on the sort of like like how the game feels about those games that it's drawing from like is it just like it seems like there's a version of this game that could be like just a sort of like critique of how video games represent women, but it doesn't seem like it's doing mm. that. It seems like it has a more like, it has an attachment to these games that it's not just like, look at yeah, the, look at the, the horrors of 1991 gender representation yeah. in video games, which like would be a fair thing to say. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. I, I guess I wasn't really sure what to make of that either. I was, I was one of my things I wrote in my notes was to ask you sort of what, uh, you think that it's, um, cause it's not even just the sprites that are, are, you know, female characters, but there's a lot of feminine imagery of like, uh, we haven't really talked about how there's like a lot of the rooms have like sort of ASCII art in the back. And a lot oh, of that right. is like right. women with exposed breasts and, uh, like pretty like, sexual positions or like sort of yeah generally salacious um <laughs> you know representations of women and yeah i i'm not sure i guess uh my my thought when i once i started realizing like oh all the, all these sprites that aren't just like uh, a monster are uh very clearly uh women um i, I was kind of thinking about uh the the narrator describing being a, a child and although the narrator never describes uh 
like playing video games as a child, all their childhood memories are sort of talking about being out in the woods. Sort of my interpretation Mm. is that it's like when I'm not out in the woods, I'm, you know, at home playing video games. And then when I have dreams, I'm recalling all these memories of the video games and they're all getting mashed together. And the characters with which I relate the most are the women. And so here are, you know, the women characters from the games I played because I like to play as the women because I'm a little girl and I like to, you know, I like to be represented (laughs) in the games that I'm playing. Right. Yeah. Um, And so my, my thought is it was kind of trying to juxtapose, um, relating to something to having representation, uh, in games flawed as it may be with something that's definitely overtly sexualized and, uh, you know, not very good for women, uh, and sort of presenting it as like, uh, you can, be nostalgic for female characters in video games and also recognize that they're like not good representation for women, but that also like representation in any form is important. Uh, yeah, I think but yeah, it can I, also I w- be, I think that was sort of my kind of it too, that it's like, it's sort of like <laughs> about the tension of being a, you know, a woman in who grew up playing these games. Uh, uh-huh. and it's like, it's just sort of like a meditation on the tension of like wanting these characters to um, relate to, but the only ones that were available at hand were ones that were almost like, uh, like comically exaggerated. And so what it does is it's like, it's almost like a reclamation move of being like, you know, now, now instead of actually don't know some of these characters, but now Mm -hmm. they're in a a new setting and doing something different than what the, they were originally doing in the, in the game. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think there's, there's even an aspect of maybe, um, well, stop me if I'm starting to get a little bit too harebrained here, but, um, <laughs> never, sort of I would never, the, these dream spaces are, my interpretation is that, uh, the, the dream spaces are, uh, the adult version of the narrator trying to fall asleep and, uh, recalling these memories and maybe yeah, these sort of so, yeah. previous, images are sort of almost haunting them of just like, Oh, when I was a little kid, I was so desperate for representation that I would just latch on to any, uh, female character in a game. And now being presented with them, it's a much more, uh, problematic, uh, thing to be looking at, uh, is, uh, you know, yeah, sort of it's, it's comes back to me when I sleep. Cause it's something that it's kind of like, uh, I, I, I would r- I'd rather not think about because as a as a, a grown woman who cares deeply about video games uh <laughs> coming to terms with the fact that like this uh, is for the a history. long time yeah like yeah. video games weren't made for me and even if and like even still people think that women don't play games which is uh, uh demonstrably false uh yeah I think but, it's I think that's like my account of it is like partially that but just mm-hmm. like specifically not that she's like haunted by it but that she's like she's picking the 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 one she's she's kind of like refusing to just let them be the sort of stereotypes that Mm. um she's trying to add agency back into these Mm, characters that didn't have agency because like none of the ones she picked are like although they're like 
sometimes comically like underdressed. None of them are like sure. damsel in distress characters. They're all like characters. Yeah, that's true. All the animations are like action poses. So like flying on a broom, kicking, punching. Um, I can't remember all of them. Off the yeah, top it's of a lot head. of Street Fighter characters. A lot of Street Fighter characters. Chun Li, um, Amy, um, Amy, perhaps the most Catwoman. egregiously. Uh, Wait, which one's that? Dressed. Amy's the Street Fighter character that wears like a, a camo unitard that is like her basically her whole ass is exposed and like oh <laughs> and she wears like a little beret. Oh my god! Even still, even in like Street Fighter five is that the most recent one street fighter five oh I she still know. is dressed like that it's like good god <laughs> how are we still doing this <laughs> this is your combat outfit yeah, yeah i mean i think it's um the sort of the thing that supports the the like rec- reclamation reading over the sure. maybe like haunted reading is that it's um is the ending where i don't remember exactly what it says yeah but it's that's like true you you fi- presumably you finally fell asleep and then yes. it's like you rejoin your your sisters of the night or something like that. And there's a bunch of witches kind of going yes. across the screen. I feel like a witch, like like identifying oneself as a witch is a very uh-huh. like reclaiming move because witches yeah. are like one of the oldest forms of like paranoid sexist imagery. Like, ah, she's a witch. Yeah. So like yeah, exactly. that's that's like the, oh, I am a witch. I have power is like the, yeah. a very basic kind of reclaiming move so that was my yeah. reading of that yeah and, and like now that you mention it I, I think first of all haunted was a bad choice of word by me i think it's more just like well, sort yeah, of like still thinking contemplating, about it yeah yeah contemplating uh haunted in the sense the of like still thinking about it but maybe not in the yeah, sense yeah of yeah like- yeah but also i do agree with you that i think this game leans much closer toward uh sort of a reclamation and uh an embodiment of power rather than uh of just it's not it doesn't feel like uh just disappointment it feels like yeah like these were still important to her yeah these things weren't great and they weren't the best but they're still vital and like having that representation and having something to latch onto uh for girls in games is still uh very important yeah um and reclaiming that uh that imagery and using it to make something that doesn't have as much of the baggage as their original like source material had um, yeah it's like a, a powerful thing to do probably a powerful exercise for her as the creator and also it's like a powerful thing uh to to, to play and experience i'm sure yeah um that just reminded me of um you mentioned like on the topic of it being like specifically like personal um like remembrance of video game past that when you were talking about the sort of like way that the sort of like remembering these games is like when you had a friend or something that was playing mm-hmm. the game and you like just remember watching the new or something like that uh, she does say in the credits it gives out a special thank you to uh her grandmother judith for playing legend mm-hmm. of zelda and uh letting her watch. Um, sure. So I think there is like a, a personal sort of thing there. Yeah. I think it's uh, a, maybe not quite universal, but it's a, a common early video game memories is that uh, other when people you're are a little playing. kid. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when you're a little kid, it's, it's difficult to actually play a game because you're uncoordinated and can't really internalize the, the concepts. And oftentimes if you're really young, you can't read 
Uh, so <laughs> True. I have uh, like, I'll, I have a lot of early memories. Like uh, I didn't actually play legend of Zelda Ocarina of time until I was like 13 or 14. Uh, prior to that, all my memories had been uh, my, uh, it was actually a woman who like basically ran a daycare out of her house and it was, I guess it wasn't even really a daycare. It was just like me and my little sister, not my little sister, my big sister would, um, uh, she took care of us during the day and her oldest, oldest son had an N64 and he would play Ocarina of Time and nice. all of us, he was, he was like four or five years older than me. So he was like, you know, older and we would all sit around him and watch him and get scared when he went out at night and there were skeletons coming out of the ground and stuff. So <laughs> I have like, I had really vivid memories of that game and like remembered specific moments, but I didn't play any of them. And so, yeah. uh, wait, you, you know, still never played Ocarina of time? No, I replay it. I played it when I was like 13 or yeah, 14. I Although I don't think I've ever technically finished it. Like played all I don't know if I have either. Yeah, that game's pretty long. It turns it's, it's big. <laughs> Some yeah. of the dungeons are tricky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I um, did um, uh, on the topic of Zelda games that you played as a kid then replayed later. Uh, the reason all of the, the Link to the Past sounds were so memorable to me uh, is although I played it on the Super Nintendo as a kid, I replayed it like literally a year ago on my computer. And I did nice. play it all the way through. Nice. Long game. I still, I still haven't beat it. I... Tried to play it a few years ago and I got in a turns out in some some older games you can get yourself into a bad situation that's uh really hard to get out of and you either have to uh get really good or really lucky or just give up and I gave up. On so. Link to the Past? Yeah. Yeah. I mean I that's that's got, like the era of game where it's plausible you could get somewhere where it's literally impossible to get out of. <laughs> yeah, I basically like got into a dungeon, got all the way to the last boss, and then I had like no healing items and like I forget uh, I was like missing an item that was supposed to make it a lot easier but for some reason like the dungeon it wouldn't let you leave until you killed the boss and uh, I tried the boss probably a hundred times it was like the ice temple or something oh that one blows dude yeah that, so I got to the final the boss one. and it was like man I need to like bail out and like get some more healing items or get something to help me and it's just like no you're you're can't leave <laughs> cool um yeah but anyway that, that one did suck we're, we're we're drifting uh out of <laughs> out of out of topic so maybe maybe we've said all all that we um, have to say about black room or my, um i mean i guess the only other thing was i did want to just like see how many of the source games you recognized if there were oh, any, if there were any like surprising or weird ones you recognized that you wanted to shout out, um, the ones that anything. I really liked was the there was the Sim City Arcologies, like um, they're the the like utopian buildings you can make. It's mm. like the perfect city. Um, those were in there. There were the ring huh. the rings from Sonic, like yeah, the I saw that. Collects. And then the one that I am, I'm pretty sure. I'm right about, but not a hundred percent, but it's the buildings from the arcade game rampage. Do you ever mm. play that where you play as these like humans that have drank this? I, I know what it is. You know what rampage is? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, listen, I saw the 2018 oh, film no, adaptation. No, no. <laughs> God, no, uh, it wasn't that bad. Was it not? It looked like it should have been I mean, it's dumb as hell, but it was kind of fun. <laughs> oh, okay. It was mostly pretty dumb. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, that game, uh, 
because I was at I was at one of those uh, arcade places that have like a bunch of old games. Um, sure. And I played Rampage, and I'm almost sure that building was from Rampage. Yeah, it seems like. Yeah, I think from what I could tell, it seems like there were uh, there was art from a lot of uh, uh, popular games. Uh, I didn't know anything that was like super fringe. Um, there was a I'm trying to think of what it was. There was like a Dry Bones from Mario. I don't know which Mario game that would. Oh, actually I be. never saw that, huh? Uh, and then uh, I recognize the Harpy from Symphony of the Night. Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Oh, uh, yeah. Never played it. Flying around. Um, nah, there was all kinds of stuff. I couldn't... I was I was originally trying to make keep a mental list. And then at a certain point... Oh, yeah. Point, I, I started like, writing them no down. Way I can, then I was just like, there's no way I There's can, too many. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, with that, uh, do we want to tell the folks what we're going to play next week? Uh, yes. Uh, next week, we will be playing a student game. Um, called Inaten, uh, which is a kind of exploration game that uh, uses sound as a core mechanic that's sort of like inspi- loosely inspired by Journey. Um, uh, and it's a student game. We'll do a full credits on the episode because it's a, it's a big team, so it's too many to, to shout out in this episode. But um, uh, we'll be doing that next week, Inaten. Uh, if you want to play the game on your own before the episode, we will send out a link on our Twitter, which is at EdgeGuardCast. So you should follow us. Uh, we'll tweet it out. Uh, and then we'll tweet out um, information about the game. And uh, you, can, you can play along. Uh, get some source material before you listen to us. Just ramble about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, see if you think we're right or not. And then if you think we're wrong... Probably, at the very least, probably get tweet some, that get at some, us too. Yeah, at the very least, you'll get some context for our ramblings. <laughs> you know, and I feel like ramblings are better with context. Maybe. Yeah, I assume. I hope. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you want that, go ahead and follow us on Twitter, uh, and then episodes on edgeguardcast.com. Uh, next week we'll be playing in a ten, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. 